Welcome to Mind Love, episode 116. Today's episode is all about building confidence and removing self-doubt. You and I have both been in a situation, Melissa, where we've looked and sought approval from others for us to feel like we can continue down our path. When you stop receiving that approval or that push, wow, I look in the mirror and well, I need to take responsibility for this. I need to find the solution for this. And it's okay for me to do this and to stumble because it's with every stumble that we learn to stand upright. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends and wild people. First off, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit the subscribe button. More subscribers means even better guests and tons more value. Plus, it helps me grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone could use a little more mind love. Question. What would your life be like if you never doubted yourself? What if you just trusted that you have what it takes to go for it? Your dreams, your goals, That promotion? The hottie next door? What if instead of doubting yourself or holding yourself back, you had unyielding confidence like that Firefest guy, or Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos, or Anna Delvey, that socialite who somehow scammed everyone in New York into thinking that she was an heiress from Germany? If you haven't heard of her, (laughs) I highly recommend you waste a few hours going down the Google rabbit hole. It is fascinating. All right, maybe these were terrible examples because they all turned out to be scams, but that's another reason why I'm so fascinated by them. How does someone have so much confidence without any substance to back them? Okay, even as I'm saying this, I'm realizing that they're probably all somewhere very far on the sociopath spectrum, but each of these people did have a big goal. The Firefest guy, I think his name was Billy McFarland, he was doing the work to try to create this crazy event. He partnered with Ja Rule. He also did have other ventures in his life. Some of them failed, most of them failed, all all of them failed. One of the documentaries about him kind of showed the human side that we haven't seen in articles. And if we're gonna give him credit for one thing, it's shooting for the moon and maybe landing among the stars if the stars are a bunch of celebrities on Pablo Escobar's private island. Elizabeth Holmes wanted to change the world through blood testing. She got crazy amounts of press coverage. She was even named the world's youngest female billionaire, all based on technology that never worked at all. And Anna Delvey, man, for some reason, this one fascinates me the most. She just convinced everyone that she was super wealthy and somehow got everyone else to give her money. She literally persuaded a bank employee to give her $100,000 that she never intended to pay back. She racked up 30 grand in hotel bills in just one of the hotels, 80 grand on her not at all wealthy friend's credit card, like a lot of things. Okay, I'm getting a little off topic, but my point is, how the hell do us good people get that kind of confidence? Today's topic is yet again inspired by your survey responses. So many of you wrote that you're struggling with self-doubt. And I deal with it too. I just have the tools to lift myself back up. And I've built enough evidence for my success that it's starting to balance out. 
Self-doubt still hits me pretty hard, but I can go back to all the wins that I've been tracking and prove myself wrong. Yeah, I still feel it deeply, but I got my tools and I have a really supportive hubby who will grab me by the shoulders in a hot way, not a predator way. And he will grab me by the shoulders and tell me that I am really fucking awesome and I got this shit. And yeah, our pep talks are foul, but they're effective. Our guest today is Sandra Bartlett. She's a confidence coach and a thought leader with over 10,000 coaching hours to support her cool confidence methodology. She helps her clients speak up, step up, and shine in life. And three key things we will learn are how to work with self-doubt, how confidence is directly connected to clarity, and how to start to create your own motivation. You want to know a great and easy way to start building your confidence each day? Sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational emails right to your inbox. I get messages from people every single day about how the Morning Mind Love is their favorite way to start the day, or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. You'll get a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a really cool booklet of Powerless to help you gain clarity and live with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Sandra Bartlett to the show. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with you on your Mind Love podcast. So let's start with your story. How did you become a confidence coach or what even interested you in confidence in the first place? It's a journey that's very personal to myself. Uh, how did I get to become to be coach? I was gifted the opportunity of redundancy. When I say gifted, to a degree, it was forced upon me. I didn't know I was being made redundant until such time that I was told. But in that very moment, I had the choice of continuing on in the finance industry that I had in the past or stepping out of that and going into something for myself. And that's when the time I made the choice and chose to be a coach initially. How did I get into the area of confidence? That actually niched out for me at about the 24-month mark of being in business. So it was something I was noticing with all of my clients. And by that stage, I had already been coaching for over about 3,000 hours. So I'd had a bit of background, you would say, a bit of knowledge in that regard, that people, that was the one common denominator that I was finding with all of my clients is that's what they were looking for. They were looking to build their confidence. So started to take a little bit more notice of that with clients going on from there and took down some more data, studied that data, and produced my Cool Confidence program that I have running now. And basically repositioned myself when I published my book two and a half years ago and repositioned myself as a Cool Confidence coach, taking that methodology into that program. And that's where I got to where I am today. So you said that it was a personal struggle as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you were experiencing? At the time, I was very conflicted in my employment. I'd been in financial industry for quite some time. It had gone through a lot of regulatory change and I was very conflicted. As you can appreciate, I am no spring chicken. I am 58 years old and at the time I was 52. 
However, I had a lot of life skills but didn't have the pieces of paper to back up those life skills and that's where I was getting very conflicted apart from the fact of the whole regulatory change that was going on. felt like I was being asked to be something that I really wasn't and that I really didn't want to be and I think that's the key to it, Melissa. At that stage, I think we all reach a stage in life where we start to think about what's in it for me to a degree. Is this something I want to do? And that was a stage in my life where I was really starting to pull that apart and go, you know what, this is not what I want anymore. I wasn't getting the results that I was looking for throughout life and that was playing out not just in my career but it was playing out in my relationship and I'm a mum of four boys and, of course, I have a beautiful partner as well and my relationship with my family is my critical arm. It's my be-all, end-all. And when that was being affected, that was the time that I started to go, well, hang on a minute, what can I do? How do I need to change this? And I started to look into the personal development spaces, looking for myself predominantly to find out what I could do and how I could do it. And this was when I discovered coaching. So when I then had the opportunity to step in and become a coach and take on my own role with the redundancy, I thought there's more people, not just ladies, but there is more people out there that are experiencing exactly what I am. And that's how I got into coaching. That's why I went into the coaching was to change myself first and foremost. And that was predominantly what a good part of my initial journey was all about with coaching, was doing those studies eight hours a day for the first six months. So I treated it like work. And that was where I pulled back. And I like to frame it as that's where I learned to peel my own onion and and go from there. I like how you specified not just women, men too. I think it's in the book Presence by Amy Cuddy that talks about a lot of imposter syndrome and a lot of people assume that it's mostly women, but studies have found that women just happen to be more vulnerable and vocal about it, where men experience the same thing. They're just taught to put on a strong face and to not show their weakness. And so they're a little bit more hesitant to be so open and tell people that they're struggling with these things and they'll just go for it anyways. But it's also kind of interesting because women don't apply for jobs unless they're 100% qualified usually compared to men. Whereas men will apply for a job, even if they're only 60% qualified. So how have you found that men and women handle this confidence differently? It's a really interesting question, Melissa. Being a mum to four boys, I have seen some of it play out with my own children and being able to give them the space to be able to talk about their feelings without judgment has been absolutely huge. I'm a big networker. And I choose to network in spaces that aren't just for women and tend to be around men. And I noticed that a lot of the networking circles that I'm in are predominantly male-focused. And I worked in the finance industry for quite some time, as I was saying, and it too is quite male-dominated as well. And what I find in my networking circles is that when you give the gentleman a chance to just talk without judgment and without giving an opinion, they open up on different levels that they've never opened up before. And one of the ways I find that I help my male clients to open up is through gratitude and acknowledgement. For so long, 
we have expected our men to be the hero, to be the warrior, to be our knight in shining armour, you might say. And I've found that when I acknowledge that in a gentleman, whether it's an older gentleman or a younger gentleman, that's when I see the walls to a degree coming down and things happening there that I haven't seen happen in the past. And that's a subconscious permission for them that they give themselves to, wow, I feel like this lady has my back. And they will discuss the concerns that they have. And it's concerns around being the parent that they want to be, but being the provider that they know they also want and need to be for their families. But then also what's left over for me? And I noticed that sometimes our gentlemen, especially the younger dad and even the older gentleman whose family has grown up, they get to the end of some of this or the beginning of some of this and they lose sight of who they are and how to connect with themselves. And that's the very first part of my Cool Confidence program is that connection that you have with yourself, the relationship that you have around courage about knowing who you are today, where you are today, but most importantly, where do you want to be in just another 30 days, 60 days or 90 days? Mm. And build it from there. But it's about being able to create the ability for them to bring down their walls, to know it's okay to show their vulnerability. And in actual fact, that is where your vulnerability, that is where your strength is, is within your vulnerability. Yeah, I have found for me, I tend to lose a lot of confidence when I don't have clarity. Confidence and clarity are directly related. And it's because I can have a great idea and I can see it in my mind where it's going to go. But what happens is I'll have too many ideas or there'll be holes in the ideas. And I can sense that, but you don't see it until you get it down on paper or until you really flesh out the idea. And so that was just recently happening to me. It happens every single time I level up a little bit or I expand myself into a new venture or launch a new program. I get so much self-doubt. And I know now that it's just all part of the process. And so I don't beat myself up quite as much. I mean, I still feel like I do, but I'm like, okay, I have the tools. Step back. What do you need to do right now? Have you found that confidence is directly related to clarity? Do you love story-driven podcasts? I do. And there's a brand new one that I think you're going to love. It's called You Probably Think the Story's About You. The story just grabs you from the start. It all starts with Brittany, who thinks she's found her soulmate, only to find out things aren't as they seem. So she goes on a mission to find out the truth. And as she digs deeper, she realizes the guy's a master of deception. But here's the thing. As Brittany unravels his lies, she ends up on this journey of self-discovery. She starts to see how her own complicated past with addiction, sisterhood, and deep family bonds all have shaped her. And that's when it hits you. This story isn't really about him at all. It's about Brittany finding herself and learning who she really is. Trust me, you'll be hooked from episode one, wondering where Brittany's path will lead her next. It's a story that'll make you look at your own life and relationships in a whole new way. Seriously, grab your headphones and start from episode one of You Probably Think This Story's About You. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll come out feeling heard and stronger. Listen and follow You Probably Think This Story's About You wherever you listen to podcasts.
You know I'm all about aligning in every aspect of life, right? Well, that philosophy extends to hiring, too. When it comes to finding the perfect fit for your business, sometimes the best approach is to stop the endless searching and start focusing on alignment. And that's where Indeed comes in. Indeed is like the matchmaker of the hiring world. With millions of job seekers visiting their platform every month, their powerful matching engine is designed to connect you with candidates who truly align with your needs and values. But here's the thing. Indeed isn't just about finding any old match. They're committed to delivering quality. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed provides the highest caliber of candidates compared to other job sites. And that's the kind of alignment I'm talking about. As a busy mom juggling episodes, clients, retreat planning, family life, I just don't have time to waste on a drawn out hiring process. And that's why I love Indeed, because it streamlines everything from scheduling interviews to screening applicants and messaging potential hires all in one central hub. And the more you use Indeed, the smarter it gets. It learns from your preferences. With over 3.5 million businesses worldwide trusting Indeed to align them with top notch talent, it's pretty clear that this platform is the real deal. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support my show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Confidence is directly related to clarity. It can be, Melissa. It can also be very much related to judgment. In somebody that feels that you need the approval of somebody else to start it, then you will often just have it as a dream. And a lot of people do exactly what you were doing where you say you've got lots of little bits and pieces that are there and you just need to bring it all together. The question I pose to not just yourself but to my clients at that stage is, How did you eat your piece of toast this morning that you had for breakfast? We don't just pick up our piece of toast and, for the want of a better description, smash it into our face. We (laughs) actually eat a piece of toast piece by piece, bite by bite. So what would happen if you took the idea that you have step by step or bite by bite? Because what happens with overwhelm and self-doubt is we see such a big picture and so many different tasks that we have to do to make that picture our reality that we get scared. And we ask ourselves to have that self-doubt around, have I got time? Have I got the skills? Have I got the funds? Is so-and-so going to approve? Can I do this if I'm a mum or can I do this if I'm a dad? I'm already stretched for time. How do I fit this in? As opposed to okay, I've got this picture that I want to make my reality, but what's one or two or maybe 10 steps I can take today that's going to move me towards that reality? And then another five to 10 steps the next day and so on and so on. And before you know where it is, week in seven days, you can be quite some some way down that path without the anxiety, without the self-doubt. And with the true belief that, wow, look how far I've come in the last week and look how much I've moved towards making my vision my reality. Right. I mean, first of all, I feel like somebody should 
tell my husband how to eat a piece of toast because I think he does it the first way and not the second way. <laughs> but, but more relevant to the discussion is that it's funny though, because you had mentioned how you were kind of thrown up in the air. You thought you had this one career. You weren't sure if you were even happy there anymore. And the universe sort of pushed you into something else. It wasn't your direct decision. And the same thing kind of happened to me. My startup that I was working for that I was miserable at, I just kept making excuses for it. And I kept doubting that I could do something on my own. But then I had no choice anymore. Things were shutting down. Things were getting worse in that position. And I really didn't allow myself to see how much it was affecting every other area of my life, my relationships, how I thought about myself. And every day that I stayed in that position that I wasn't happy in, I was just building more evidence for the fact that I couldn't do it and that I was stuck right there. And so it's interesting how a lot of times these crises that we think are the end of the world are actually leading us directly into where we can find purpose or meaning or something that really is going to light us up because we start from a blank slate. So what other choice do we have other than to make ourselves happy, which is pretty incredible if you think about it. Mm, mm. Making ourselves happy is something I truly believe that everybody wants and they want it more and more in this day. What does making yourself happy look like? It's very different for each and every one of us. But one of the greatest things that you need to do before you even decide to make yourself happy is to have the courage to see and to know who you are in this moment because there's a lot of what you already have and are experiencing that makes you happy. I'm a firm believer, Melissa, that your smile is your responsibility. I can't put a smile on your face any more than your husband, partner, or a friend can. I can affect your environment, but I still can't put a smile on your face. And your smile on your face is a direct reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself in that very moment. Can you remember a time when you were genuinely happy? And can you remember how bright your smile was? That's a reflection of how happy you are in that moment. Does that come with confidence? In that split second, most definitely, because you feel that you're being everything that you need to be, that you're being authentic and true and honest to yourself, and that reflects through your smile. That's so true, and I've never really thought of it in that particular way. It's like in that moment, you have everything you need. You're Mm -hmm. glowing. You can see it. It's radiating off of you. And so the more that you can live into those moments, I have found that the best way for me to make a big decision, I've been using like an emotional compass, really. And so I've taken the time in the last few years to look back at my happiest moments and write down every single emotion that I was feeling in those moments. And now what I do is when I'm faced with a tough decision and I don't know, hey, should I start a membership site or launch a new program or take on coaching clients? I will really visualize those moments and think what will get me closer to those favorite emotions of mine to the emotions that I know will really light me up. And a lot of times it's this split second. You can feel it in your body before your head gets in the way and before you start talking yourself out of it. What is that first trigger in your body? I'm curious though, 
Do you find a difference between confidence and self-esteem? And if so, how are they different and how are they similar? Confidence for me is the action that comes from a solid self-esteem. Confidence doesn't show up until you've had some challenges, you've taken some steps, and you've created some action and some movement. This is where I say that confidence is the action from self-esteem. Self-esteem, from where I'm sitting for myself, it's how I'm feeling in the moment. It's the emotion. It's the relationship that I have with myself. It's how I value myself, how I create my worth. And then it's with confidence or it's the action of confidence that allows me to project that. Now, I feel that when we're born, we're a clear canvas and we have loads of self-esteem. Think of the little one that you see playing in the park or dancing on the stage or standing up there singing at a family gathering. There are adults there that sit there and think, I wish I could do that. There are adults there that did that when we were little and never thought twice about it. However, as we go through life and we put ourselves out there and open ourselves up to more judgment and approval and seek that approval from others, we will often have our self-esteem dinged. And that then finishes up looking like that little old battered car that goes down the road. However, there are tricks and there are things that we can do that will continue to help us build and polish that self-esteem. Now, it's when our self-esteem is polished and you're feeling, you love that reflection in the mirror, so you actually feel like you're in love with yourself. You love the way that you look, the way that you talk, the way that you're feeling. You're enjoying what you're doing and the fruits of what you're doing. That's when you act with confidence You make strong, clear decisions. You accept challenges so much more openly and more boldly. And more than anything, you create this feeling for yourself of almost invincibility. I've got this. I can do this. Well, I am actually doing this. So for me on a personal level and what I help my clients to recognize is that they are different. So when you think about a lot of really taking steps forward with confidence is figuring out how to remove self-doubt. I consider myself a pretty confident person at this point. That hasn't always been the case. Well, actually, I'm not sure. I've always been about 50-50. On the outside, I look really confident. I'm not afraid to speak my mind. I'll stand in front of a crowd, but I might get off that stage or get out of that group and immediately start wondering if I said the wrong thing or if I offended somebody or whatever. But in the moment, I could really exude that confidence. And so the self-doubt would come a little bit after. Whereas other people, they might have so much self-doubt leading up to that, that they can't even make that bold move, or they can't even go on a stage or speak their mind. So how do you start to get rid of that self-doubt? Is it self-doubt in that case, or is it fear? Mm, Good question. If it's fear, then Take the courage to step forward because fear and courage don't live in the same square. If you're standing in fear, you don't have the courage to move. If you're standing and you're taking steps, then you're building your self-esteem and you're building confidence to continue to move forward. And how do you try to silence that self-doubt? 
it's about a belief of living in the now. If I truly believe that right here, right now, I am speaking from the heart and I'm giving you my very best that I can give you, how could I expect anything more of myself and knowing that the person that I'm with or the person that's getting the fruits of the behaviour or the, the language I'm using, they don't want anything more from me but all I can give in this moment. And if I'm truly believing that that is what I'm doing, how can I be anything more than what I am? I have a solid belief, Melissa, that everybody is doing the very best that they can in this moment. If they knew how to do it differently, they would already be doing it differently. And if they're not, then that's a reflection of them. It's not a reflection of me. Because in each and every moment, I give 100%. Right. And that goes back to really developing that relationship with yourself so that you know you're being authentic. I remember when I first started getting into self-development and people would say like, you just have to be your authentic self. And I'm like, what do you mean? What other option? It took me a really long time to realize that a lot of who I was was based on me being validated from somebody else, or maybe how I would dress was what I thought other people would like, or what I would say was what I thought other people would approve of. But in that moment, somebody just telling me to be authentic, I hadn't made that connection yet. And so that first step is really figuring out, like, what do you stand for? What are your values? And then live by those things, however you choose to find yourself. There are so many ways that people can say, oh, yes, this feels so right to me. Because then, like you said, that you're so less worried about being wrong or being disapproved of because this is me. That's all you have to give. And feeling that I've done the work to show up as who I am. And so if somebody else wants to cut me down for that or not accept that, then all it is is weeding out the people who are wrong for me and the people that are right for me. There's that quote that somebody just said it to me. You can't say the right thing to the wrong person or the wrong thing to the right person. And that was something a previous guest said. And it's so true because you won't accidentally say something wrong if you're just coming from your heart and you're speaking from that place. And that's all we can really do. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I need to get something off my chest. Sometimes I wake up feeling like I hate everything. Like this dark cloud is over my day and I look to the past and the future and everything feels tainted. Like this is how it's always been. Those types of days used to last months, and now they're pretty few and far between, and they rarely last more than a few hours, but it can still make me feel like a fraud. I'm sharing this because I know that we all carry around these things that make us feel different or less than, but if we keep them bottled up, the shame spirals and creates more problems than that initial thought. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's difficult finding friends or family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. Therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know. It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of you. BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online, so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And the thing is too, Melissa, that our communication is not just about the words that we speak. It's also about how we hold ourselves, our facial expressions, the warmth in the tonality that we use with our words. And if you're speaking from the heart and coming from the heart, your body language says this, your facial expressions express it, and the tonality that you have in your words, they can be assertive, they can be with advocacy, But there's also a tinge of love in there that just it exudes from you if you're coming from a place of authenticity. It's not about being fluffy. It's not about being lovey-dovey and all over positive. It's about being true to who you are and acknowledging and respecting the truth of yourself without passing judgment to another. Now, we all have very different maps to what we see as our reality and what we see as right or wrong or good or bad. However, my map is only right for me. My map does not fit onto you or to any one of my sons, friends, colleagues or partner. It's only right for me. However, I can open up with authenticity in how I present it what my experience has been of different things in my map. And when I share my experience with you from a place of love, so share with you my vulnerability, my challenge, my hurt, my result, the things that pushed me forward, the things that brought me off to the side, when I share those with you in that manner, I give you the choice to take from that conversation what it is that you need to help you enrich your journey. Without being opinionated, without being judgmental, all I'm doing is opening my book and saying, here's my experience of it. Take from it what you need. I guess that brings up the very real problem of if your facial expressions are aligned with or that exudes through, what about those of us with resting bitch face? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, you you can feel that though. <laughs> I, I came in I too it. serious. I just wanted to see if I could stump you, your face right now. Um, <laughs> you're like, wait, what? You know, you, you can really feel that though. And something that I've been focusing on as well is that understanding that when you have those feelings of judgment, you're actually cutting yourself off from love and not even just for somebody else, for yourself too, because other people are a mirror for exactly how you treat yourself. And so take notice of what judgments are coming up with other people, of how you're reacting when you have that friend who's suddenly posting about her new multi-level marketing business on Facebook out of the blue after being a stay-at-home mom for however long. And you all of a sudden have this feeling like, what is she trying to do? And it's like, 
She's trying to do what you wish you could do right now. She's trying to put herself out there and find something new and find something that fulfills her and find something that her heart is calling her to do. So, so many people are cutting other people down, not realizing that by doing that, you're also holding yourself back from making a big move. And you're assuming that other people are going to have the same types of judgment that you have just because you are being negative Nancy on the other side of your computer screen. And one of the things that we do with that negative Nancy is we tend to share it. We tend to spill it and share it left, right and centre. And we've seen a lot of this play out in the last few weeks here in Australia with all the fires and some of our politicians and things like that. There's an awful lot of us that make an assumption. We have no right to make an assumption and we have no right to make a judgment if we haven't got fact then it's a story that we're telling ourselves for us as people to be able to hide behind. Right. I have found I used to gossip more than I do now. It's something that I try to be very cognizant of. But, you know, when you're a young girl in college and everyone's partying all the time, gossip can be a slippery slope to fall down. (laughs) And I realized that a lot of what that was coming from was my need to validate my own opinion. And so if I could get everybody else in the room to agree with what I thought about this person or how this person treated me, and maybe I was right in the argument, then suddenly my world feels a little bit more full or something along those lines. Does that make sense? Most definitely, Melissa. And that is extremely common right across males, females, adults, or children. We have a desire and a sense to want to belong. So when we're making change, then we are quite often being judged by others because we're making the change that, as you were rightfully saying before, that they so desperately want. But when we start to make the change, they start to tell us all the reasons why we can't do it to bring them back to where they are. So this is one of those critical things when you were changing and stepping more into your authentic self, you would have had different girlfriends that were Melissa, what the devil are you doing? What do you come back here and do it this way? That's more about the fact that they can't move with you and a fear that they have that you will leave them behind, that they won't be good enough for you anymore. So that becomes more of the story about themselves. But what do we do? We then stand back with that assumption of, oh, they don't like me anymore. I'm not good enough for them and that sort of thing. Rather than have the conversation around, I know I'm going through some change, but you know what? In essence, I am still me, but I am going through change and I'm more than happy for you to come along on that journey. However, your change is yours and my change is mine. Yeah, I have definitely found that when I was finally taking the leap to be an entrepreneur, I had several friends that I ended up having to cut off and it Mm -hmm. was really difficult to do at first. But by then I had done enough work, read enough books been hanging out with a lot of my successful friends and they had really drilled it in how important that circle is, how important the supporting people, because there's going to be so much more self-doubt when you're doing something big for the first time. And so guard that energy. And so I looked at it in the fact that, or in the sense that, well, these separations might not be forever, but right now they are necessary. And I could feel that one particular friend was more lost than she had ever been, but 
oddly very financially secure. And I was the opposite. I was not financially secure, but very Mm. secure in my purpose. And so there was a lot of friction with two good people. And I just had to step away so that I could get to where I was going. And if we're in the same place, if we're in the same energetic field at some point, I'm welcome to start a conversation and reconnect and whatever. But that is what I needed. And I don't know if enough people realize that they really have to prioritize their own sense of worth or their own needs and let go of people or deprioritize them or learn to say no. Have you found that a lot of people struggle with just putting themselves first when they're trying to gain confidence or move forward? Most definitely, Melissa. One of the greatest challenges that my clients have is being able to say yes to their own needs, knowing that it may hurt or question somebody else. Why do they find this difficult? Because for such a period of their life, they've been centred around the need for approval, the need to seek their encouragement, their confidence, you might say, and even their self-esteem in some regards from others. They're too busy playing the nice game as opposed to playing the game and taking the path that's helping them to get along their way. How do you start to say yes to your needs, knowing that it may hurt somebody else? It's like any other muscle that we use in our body. Our minds, our behaviours and our attitudes and our beliefs, they're just muscles. If we coax them and we train them and we encourage them, they will stand up for us. If we don't use them, they go very floppy. Now, when we start to use these muscles, so we change our attitudes towards things, we change how we communicate what we say, we change our behaviours towards people and we change our behaviours towards things, those muscles need to be supported to stand up. So when we then get challenged by somebody that is feeling a little bit insecure from our actions, that's the time when we as individuals need to stand even stronger and taller against what it is that we are in this moment and where we're moving forward to. So that's where the need for that courage and that clarity around who I am today and where I will go in the next 60 to 90 days is really imperative. And Rightfully so that you've hooked that to an emotion, but it's when you have that solidarity in that regard, that allows you to then be able to say, you know what, I am worth this. I get one shot at life and let's just take it one step at a time. So today I might change my attitude towards something and tomorrow it might be the behaviour that I exude when I hear that. And after that, it might be, well, How will I speak about this in the future? Or more the question of, will I speak about this in the future? Or will I choose to let other people have their opinions and voice their opinions and I'll sit and listen? And only pose the question of, wow, how do you know that? And it's really interesting. I had a coach very early in my journey that actually challenged me around this and she said, Sandy, I want you to think over the next month before you speak, if what you're about to say is going to add value, share it. If it is your opinion, then keep it and see what happens to your conversations. 
can I say to you, being a mum of four teenage boys at that particular time, my communication went pretty silent because <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of what I was sharing with my boys was my opinion as opposed to adding value to them and asking them to explore how they felt, what the results they were getting, and if they weren't getting the result they were looking for, how did they maybe need to grow or change to change that result? And this is what I encourage my clients to do these days. Have a month where you become really aware of what you're about to say before you say it and ask yourself, is this going to add value to the other person or is this my opinion? Oh, that would be so difficult for me. I have a lot of opinions, but I have actually thought or focused on what energy is this going to bring to the conversation? And so it might be my opinion, but is this, am I trying to warn somebody of something that happened to me? Maybe let them figure out that out themselves, unless it's like a mortal danger. But there's so many things that's a lot of people's natural tendencies to do is like, oh, I heard those things never work. Or do you know only this percentage doesn't fail or whatever it is? And stopping and thinking about those things, even just typical conversations might not be about business. Like, is this going to bring positive energy or negative energy that's going to immediately cut off your accidental desire to keep somebody from taking a risk, to gossip about another person, to say anything? And the more you do that, you just surround yourself by light and positivity. And that's what people will tend to return to you. When you aren't willing to say something negative, it's really amazing how awkward the other people start to feel if they bring up something negative because I won't respond to it. And then all of a sudden it's just hanging in the air, like, like, okay, what do you do with that? And then just shifting it. And so I am going to challenge myself to see what happens. I'm going to go for more like six hours though, (laughs) not sharing my opinion. (laughs) I live with another human and I just don't want to make a promise I can't keep right now, (laughs) but it's a really interesting challenge. And it's one that can be really enlightening. It's one that helps you to grow as a person, but it also helps the other person to grow because you and I have both been in a situation, Melissa, where we've looked and sought approval from others for us to feel like we can continue down our path. When you stop receiving that approval or that push, well, I look in the mirror and, wow, I need to take responsibility for this. I need to find the solution for this. And it's okay for me to do this and to stumble because it's with every stumble that we learn to stand upright. Think about the children when they learn to roll. They roll one way. It doesn't work, so they roll the other way. Or they roll from their tummies to their backs and knock their heads a few times. It doesn't take them very long to work out how to hold their head and their shoulder to be able to roll back and forth. They stand up and their little legs drop from under them. Do they give up? No, they don't. They just try something different. But they become their own solution. We don't put calipers and things on little ones' legs to make them stand anymore. We don't do any of that. They fall over. They find the solution to stand up. But unfortunately, as we get older and we have this huge sense of wanting to belong and to be the same, 
and to seek the approval of others and to play nice, we forget that we can be our own solution. We forget that we have everything inside of us, everything that we need to create our tomorrow, to create the next 30 seconds, to create the next 20, 30, 40 years. Are we always going to get it right? What's right and what's wrong? It's perfect for the moment. And that is the essence of what we have right now, is the moment. I love that. I was just actually giving somebody advice. They reached out to me on Instagram asking about just relationship troubles and having trauma from past relationships and bringing that into the new one. And she was having a really difficult time not needing that validation. And so she was wondering how to get that. And what I told her was what I do. And I had found myself in a place where I needed a lot of outside validation. It was a combination of things, partially being an only child, partially like always being praised when I was a kid. And so I like needed that to feel like I was doing something good. And so what I started to do was instead of fishing for that or feeling less than if I wasn't getting it, I would sit in stillness and say, what would be the perfect person or the perfect thing for that person to say to me, whether it was my boss, my husband, whoever I was working with at that moment, what validation am I seeking? And can I give that to myself? Can I say those exact things to myself and sit with it to where I feel them? And that really started to heal something in me because I started to learn that so many of the things that I was seeking outside of myself were already right in there, just as you said. And the more that I developed that neural connection to make that a habit rather than having to force myself every single time, it just starts to come naturally. And it really feels like two halves of myself have started to become integrated in a new way where they're just interacting and just giving and receiving back and forth just as it's supposed to be without even feeling that need, if that makes sense. Most definitely. And that in itself, Melissa, is the molding of the old Melissa and the new Melissa. It's the molding and the mellowing together. It's the two of them becoming malleable. We need to learn and we need yesterday. But yesterday doesn't define who we are today. It just teaches us how we can be better and it's not a fact of being better. It's just it teaches us how we can grow. The human body, the human mind, it is a sponge. It's a dehydrated sponge. It wants to learn. It wants to contribute. It wants to grow. And we can do this by reflection. We can do this by sitting in that silence and giving ourselves permission to be the solution. As youngsters, we're not taught to be a solution. It's, mum, where can I find this? Mum, I can't find that. Dad, I don't know how to do this. Or even as we grow and we experience our first sense of employment, there's the process manual, just follow the process, don't ask any questions. And that happens in some of our fast food environments. And whilst some of those processes keep our younger people safe, they also teach them not to question, not to explore, and to not be a solution. We go back to that process, don't question it, don't step outside of it because it gets the result that we're looking for. Well, that's all well and good in some areas and we need to have processes and procedures in business because it creates consistency and that's all fine. B 
But in life, we don't always need that. And in life, we need to question our processes on occasions. If we're doing something on a personal or an emotional level, and we continue to get a result that is not the one that we want, we need to change. We need to investigate that process, that strategy, that trigger that is happening internally. And we need to investigate that and get a hold of that and work out how can we change that to change the result that we get. Now, I do some timeline therapies with my clients where they, I will take them back to childhood or beyond and we'll go deep emotionally and spiritually and work out when did they learn this particular behaviour that's now not getting them the result that they want. And we go in search of a trigger and we look at what actually happened at that particular time and the meaning that I gave to that particular incident. Now, if I can change that particular meaning at that time and then bring it back to my current day, I can actually change a trigger. So to give you an example, I had a saying that I heard my mum say over and over again, and that was, don't rock the boat, go with the flow. So the meaning that I gave that phrase back when I was younger, about nine or 10 years old, was don't share your opinion. Your voice is not validated. You don't need it. It's not needed to be heard. So consequently, throughout the majority of my life, I never spoke up and asked for what it was that I wanted or needed because I thought it would go against the flow. Don't rock the boat, Sandy, go with the flow. Now, that was a meaning I gave back at nine years old, and I never questioned that until much, much, much later in my life. If I had questioned that when I was much younger, I wonder how different my life would be. So we need to think about questioning some of those processes, questioning some of those initial thoughts that we just jump straight to. So things get difficult, things get a bit big, and we go straight to self-doubt. Why? Where did we learn to do that? If we learn to do that, we can learn to change it. Mm. If we can get to the trigger and the essence of it. Yeah, I I was speaking to somebody who talked about doing a whole self-belief audit. And we don't really know what all of our beliefs are until we do choose to create that awareness. And sometimes it's just that simple. It's, I'm going to focus on the beliefs that are currently running my life. And when we set that intention with our mind, a lot of times things will start to come up as you're going throughout your day. But I know for a lot of people, it's a combination of self-doubt and figuring out how to create motivation for something that maybe seems scary or more maybe that they haven't done before or maybe that's totally out of their wheelhouse and there's going to be a lot of learning. So how would you start to create your own motivation? Motivation for me is around reflection and celebration. It's around looking over the last, and I encourage my clients to do this, just look over the last seven days. And get some real clarity about the things that you've done well and celebrate those wins that you've had because when you celebrate those wins, that's what gets you out of bed next morning, sees you throwing off that doona and saying, wow, I'm in life, let's go again. We as a society 
focus on the negative. Our news is all about negative catastrophe, violence, that sort of thing. What about the good news stories? What about the wins that people have had? What about the joy that people are experiencing? We so desperately want to have more confidence, more happiness, more success and more joy, but we don't focus on it. And what we focus on with intention is what we get at the exclusion of everything else. If you go to bed focusing tonight on the fact that a task tomorrow is going to be hard and it's going to be difficult, you wake up the next morning feeling really heavy, sluggish, full of self-doubt, and it's hard. Why? Because you went to bed thinking about it. If you create a focus on the joy, the gratitude, the appreciation, and the wins that you've had along the way, and the joy of the learnings that you've had. So yes, you may have had some challenges, but don't see them as challenges. See them as an opportunity to learn and celebrate the learnings that you've had. If you take that from one day to the next, from one moment to the moment thereafter, that's what you continue to create. That's where you create the joy, the love, the life, and that's where you get the motivation from. That's so powerful, and it's so true. We forget to really reflect on the things that we've done. I recently was feeling a slump. I felt like suddenly I was in a lull, which doesn't happen super often. Well, it happens every now and then periodically, but it's different now that I really have something I'm moving towards that gives me so much purpose. But it still pops up every now and then. And I realized in this one instance that it was because I had lost a lot of my routines. And one of those is tracking my wins and my progress. And I had started to really think like, oh, I'm not moving forward, like nothing's changing. And so I sat down and just was like, well, when did I last track my wins? I'm going to write down everything I could think of and just spent 30 minutes writing down the things I accomplished. And I realized I made so much more progress than I allowed myself to see before because it wasn't right there. I wasn't making a conscious effort to track it. And so I really like bringing it back to acknowledging what you have done and celebrating that because there are some hard things that we're faced with and there are some big things and big differences that we make in other people's lives. And we are so much more than we let ourselves think we are sometimes. So thank you for that. And so for listeners who are really resonating with you and they want to learn more about you, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Best place people to connect with me is via the website at www.stairway, the number two, dreams.com.au. Also got Instagram, which is Stairway to Dreams also, and also Facebook page. So any of those social media platforms uh, would love to connect. Melissa, one thing I have available for your listeners today, and anybody that wants to connect with me a little bit deeper, is like yourself, I can do a Skype call. And I offer a 45-minute conversation, a complimentary conversation. This allows people to connect with me one-to-one a little bit more and also to experience a coaching session. There's a lot of people out there that don't realise the difference between coaching and mentoring. And this just gives them a chance to be able to connect with me one-on-one and work out, am I somebody that they want to get involved with a little bit more? Am I the right fit? And it also allows me to do the same as well. As you can appreciate, I cannot be everything to everybody. However, I can be a difference to somebody. 
And it's that somebody that I'm in search of. And it's that somebody that I want to embrace and help them to step into their cool confidence and experience their ability, their strength, their challenge, and most importantly, their love to be able to step up, to speak up, and to truly ask for what it is that they need to be able to create the journey through life that they so desperately desire. All the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 116. So your challenge for this week is what can you do today to start building more confidence, to start building evidence to your own success? What can you do to get a little more clarity? Not even just what you want to create, but who you are. The more clarity you get about yourself, about the person that's inside of you, the real burning desires of your soul, that's what's going to drive you. That's what's going to tell you exactly what lights you up, what gives you purpose, what gives you meaning, what you need when you're down, what you need when you're feeling that self-doubt. It all takes introspection. And it's a little uncomfortable, I'll tell you. I think Thomas Edison said it best when he said, There is no expedient to which a man will not go to avoid the labor of thinking. And man, have I found that to be true. When I have hard work to do, a lot of times I'll keep procrastinating because I don't want to sit down and do it. And usually when I finally do take the time, when I get out of my own way and stop convincing myself that it's going to be so hard, I sit down and I bust it out in minutes, sometimes an hour, but still it feels so much better even in the depths of all that thinking than it does trying to figure out a way not to have to think about it because it's always right there in my brain. It's always sort of using up a little bit of my bandwidth, making me feel a little bit guilty for not getting into it. So what if I just did it? What if that was the same with everything else I wanted to do? What if I just created my first event like I've been thinking about? I just booked a spot and said I'd figure out the rest later. What if you went for that really big goal that you keep thinking about as crazy as it may seem, opening that coffee shop or starting your own coaching business or traveling the world to volunteer, what would be different for you if you stopped doubting yourself? I love that thought exercise. What would you do if you knew without a shadow of a doubt that you could not fail? And really what I have found is that's pretty much the case with everything. We just have to redefine how we see failure. I keep going back to what Mickey Agrawal said about failure being a revelation, not a failure. And that's exactly how it is. Successful people don't see things as failures. They see it as a pivoting point. They see it as learning something new that's putting them closer to what is going to work. And that is how success works. So you have to start somewhere. And starting is the hardest part, so just get it going. And even if it's slower than you want it to be, even if you start it as a side thing, you'll be building something. What would happen in two years from now if you at least had a foundation? You had built a following or a Facebook group, or you had tried going for a couple promotions, so you at least knew what worked and didn't. Even the very word doubt sounds like withholding to me judgment, doubt. You can feel those words compared to love and support and encouragement. So how can you give yourself the opposite of doubt? What do you need to hear to give you that boost of confidence? 
and give it to yourself. So let me ask, which of your friends needs to hear this? Which one keeps talking about an idea that she hasn't really made progress on? Send this to her or share it on Instagram. Take a screenshot, tag Mind Love Podcast and Mind Love Melissa. And if you have any questions, reach out to me at Mind Love Melissa and I will send you back a voice memo. As always, subscribe, rate, review. Thanks for giving your mind a little love today and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 